Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And our guest today is Robert Hessel, who is the CEO and chairman of Source One Solutions, a team of elite engineer that manages IT systems for global enterprise brands. He is the author of the number one new release in privacy and surveillance in society, Safe City, from law enforcement to neighborhood watches, and is featured in the upcoming film, Beyond the Game. You can learn more about Robert and his company at SourceOneSolutions.com. That's Source, the number one, Solutions.com. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Good evening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit about this offline, but I know you're currently in Dublin, and um, we were talking a little about the weather there. So is that is that very common for it to be rainy and <laughs> and gloomy? Yeah. I've learned that there's there's two types of rain here. There's mm-hmm. raining to what we're used to in the States, which isn't really raining. That's mm-hmm. just everyday life. So for somebody from Ireland to consider it to be raining, it actually has to be like a 90 degree angle and you can barely see. That's rain to them. So God, it rains wow. just about every day here. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it it is quite fascinating. I you know I'm I'm a Cali girl, and so I lived in California for 20 years. And coming to uh, Virginia Beach, I like to joke that um, it's like San Diego just with four seasons. <laughs> yeah. But I I can only imagine what it's like to be in a place that is uh, raining all the time, and they have two different types of rain. <laughs> two different types of rain, and uh, but it is beautiful. Um, my family actually immigrated from to America from Ireland, so. I'm currently back where my roots actually started. So it's kind of neat to, uh, to be a part of that. Yeah. Oh, that's very, that's really exciting. Cause I, that my next question was going to be what brought you to Dublin and it's just nice in a way that you decided to come back to the motherland. Yeah. It's, um, you know, for some of the things that changed in Brexit, we have two offices in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and during Brexit, we decided that Ireland was going to be the best place to be our EMEA headquarters. Mm-hmm. It just so happened while I was going through that whole process, my grandmother, who is 88 now, mm-hmm. never left the country her family immigrated from Ireland to bring us into America. So last summer I brought her here um, just before deciding to, to pull the trigger on opening the office. And I took her around to all these places where our family immigrated from. And now wow. uh, very cool after bringing her here and, and hearing that story and kind of tracking everything down. Now I'm back here um, where it all started, I guess, for our family. So it's kind of surreal in, in some instances because I'm, I'm about to be a dad. Um, oh, so wow. a new chapter starting back where it all where it all came from. So it's kind of, kind of exciting. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, your family's immigration story, because I, uh, talking offline again, um, you had mentioned that you are fourth generation um, in regards to uh, your family having served in the military. So um, when your family immigrated, was it, was it because of the military? No, it was because um, it was quite a long time ago. So it was the opportunity in America, right. um, religious freedom, a new place. So they um, they actually came from Northern Ireland in a place called Glen Arms. So if anybody's watched Game of Thrones, a lot of <laughs> that footage is actually shot up in Northern Ireland. So 
and they're proud of it. So you can see, yep. you know, this this scene was shot here, this scene was shot there. Yep, yep. Um, so um, it was neat to go track that down, and we, you know, try to find the church where they were married in, and all this different stuff with my grandma, which is she's one of my idols and um, inspirations yeah. in life. So it was really cool to bring her here and, and explore it all with her. Yeah, I think that's powerful. You know, I think about how uh, my parents actually immigrated from uh, the Philippines to my dad joined the the Navy. And um, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be an American today. And I wouldn't have um, the opportunities that I have as an entrepreneur. So, you know, speaking of which, Robert, I think um, you have built an incredible uh, business for yourself and it must feel uh, surreal and um uh, there's a word I'm trying to get, but I think surreal is a bit is a word for me on how you're able to establish a business and and more importantly, uh, you know, create your headquarters back in the motherland as we were talking a little bit earlier. Tell me a little bit about the the start of Source One Solution. Um, what compelled you to start it, and uh, what has the journey been like since then? Well, it's, it's all began nine and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and I was uh, partners supposed to be partners in another company, which didn't, didn't go very well. It was a company that I'd sold, sold product for and kind of worked my way up. And I was a partner, not really a partner. So things were just not going in the right direction. So um, I had to decide what I was going to do with, with my life at that point. And I thought about going to work, you know, for somebody else, um, thought about maybe trying to find a partner and start Source One. And I actually met with a guy from England and um, asked him if he wanted to be partners because he's in a like business mm-hmm. and very successful guy. And, and we chatted for about an hour over a glass of wine. And he said, he, Rob, you don't need a partner. You need money. You won't be happy if you have a partner. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you can, and if you can create business, you can find money. So go create business and find money. You mm-hmm. will not be happy having me or anybody as a partner. So he was, he, it was, which was great advice looking back. I mean, it was kind of a scary time. You kind of want to have somebody almost like a crutch so that you mm-hmm. can be in it together. Right. Um, I don't mean that negatively, but you just, it just seems to be easier with somebody. And it yeah. was really sad that he gave me great advice, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't want a partner, you want money. Go, you can find money. So wow. um, that made me decide to, to start the journey. And um, I never, I started Source One with, um, I think I had just under $5,000. In fact, if I look at the balance wow. sheet, it will say just a little bit over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, I didn't start it on a lot of money. It was totally bootstrapped and wow. it wasn't ever intended to be a global business. Um, it was going to be a service business, but not a global business. And I actually got a call from a customer who we'd done some work from. And he asked me if I could support them in Latin America, Brazil, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, well, how hard could that be? I could ship down product from here. Um, I could fly an engineer down there, not thinking, you know, things are going to be in, in Portuguese, not in English, not thinking about things like customs, getting a product in there. So I took that on and then more of it and then more of it. And then we started to do some installations and I met some people that are building global businesses that have taught me a lot along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got very fortunate because knowing what I know now, that was the foolishest thing I could ever done was to say yes to it because we could have never, if they would have had a problem, we wouldn't have been able to solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not the way we intended to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of learned and by, you know, by saying yes and stretching ourselves and then putting ourselves out there and, um, you know, meeting and finding other people, it just morphed into, you know, now we have, I think we have, uh, we have active SLA driven contracts in 118 countries wow. um, and uh, four offices now internationally. And I think we have, we have full-time engineers in 17 countries um, wow. that are working eight hour days for, for some of our clients. So it is, it is morphed into something that I did not set out to do yeah. just by opportunity and saying yes. 
Yeah, I think the the important thing is that you were primarily focused on being of service, you know, and then it just escalated uh, from there. And so that's a that's a really incredible story. So tell me, Robert, who is the um, who's the perfect client for you? Like, what are the the main type of clientele that works with your company? International companies. So mm-hmm. we sell a lot of our products through the channel. So we do work on behalf of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so not saying this is our client, but like AT&T, they're obviously a big global brand. So they may be able to deliver, you know, one through three steps of a project. And then they'll ask us to do four or five or mm-hmm. another IT services company. We call them frenemies, people just like us that can't <laughs> reach to some of the areas where we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, international brands, multi offices, complex, actually complex projects are kind of our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're a startup and you're, you're making your way, everybody wants to give you the hard territories because America is easy to deliver service. Europe's easy to deliver service, but, you know, certain areas in the Latin America or Africa or the Caribbean, those are more challenging. So um, there's lots of opportunity around that. And if you can figure that out, then you, you kind of get on to the, to, the, to the contracts that have the easier countries, but. Yeah, absolutely. You're kind of ahead of the game as well. You have that extra advantage because you knew how to kind of work your way through the red tape. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Robert, you and I both know we're very we're in very interesting times right now uh, with the pandemic. 2020 has been the most interesting year um, in a while, I think. And so I'm curious, has your how, how has your business been impacted by social distancing, by just um, and I don't know if it's, I don't know what it's like in Dublin, but I am curious to know what is it like, how, how has it been like for you and your business this year? Um, did you have to adapt or has it been business as normal? I think everybody's had to adapt. Even if they say it's business as normal, I don't think that's really true. Mm. Um, we, we lost business. We did lose business. We had business go on hold. Obviously you mm. can't do global installations if you, if everybody's in a lockdown, which by right. the way, Dublin's in a lockdown right now. Wow. Um, so, you know, that area of our business went on pause and slowed down, but other parts of our business very fortunately picked up mm-hmm. to levels that we don't normally experience. So we were able to get opportunities and, and find opportunities. So fortunately we didn't have to lay people off. Um, mm. You know, we, we, we kept on a good trajectory and um, we were planning on opening a, a third office back where our global technical support center is just not during a pandemic and not as soon as we would, but um, yeah. opportunity comes with this thing too. So we were able to negotiate a very good lease price because nobody was renting awesome. commercial real estate. Um, and we moved into a third facility so that we could distance, you know, do social distancing and make people feel a bit safer and kind of unfortunately segregate the, the company into areas. And if you didn't need to be in a certain part of the building, you didn't go there, which isn't ideal, mm-hmm. uh, but we found a way to make it work. And for a while we were even working remote and that was mm-hmm. a challenge just trying to keep people engaged without having human interaction and trying to come up with ways to interact and enforce interactions in between the company. So it was, it was challenging. I never thought I'd live through a time like this or be faced with a challenge like this. Yeah, absolutely. I do like to say that if there's any time in history where I would want to experience a pandemic, it would be this time uh, because of technology and because, uh, you know, just being able to do video conversations like this. But it doesn't, you know, minimize how difficult it's been for all of us to adapt. Yeah, I think it affects some people. Very interesting. I was on a panel and there was a a psychologist on a call Mm -hmm. on the panel as well. And she made a really interesting point to me. She said, you know, the people that are going to suffer the most, Robert, there are actually people like you, your introverts who you normally worry about, they're going to be fine. 
Yeah, yeah. They're actually going to excel in this environment. But people mm-hmm. that are extroverts who are used to a lot of social interaction and engagement as part of their everyday life, they're the ones who are going to struggle. And it resonated with me. And I'm like, wow, that kind of makes sense. But now yeah. that we're six months into it, it really makes sense. I mean, I've struggled myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to keep sanity with four walls and, and the world being very different. Um, you really have to focus on what's important and try to remember those things and not let all the negative energy that can creep in, creep in. And yeah. it's easy to let that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think being at home, I mean, my husband and I have worked from home for a long time, but there is something different about the pandemic. And I don't go in my office unless I have meetings, you know, unless I'm working. Otherwise, like my office, my home office is just, I don't go in there. I don't step in there. (laughs) And so I think that we've all, a lot of us have learned to create um, you know, boundaries, even, even in our own house and, and learn to create that space. Like I have to, I had to come up with a special technique to keep my dog from breaking into the home office and bugging me in the middle of these conversations. But it is, it is a really uh, interesting time uh, right now. And it's great to hear that you and your company have been able to adapt. I, I do have one question about that. What, what is the, the, t- uh, the trick that you found to keep you and your team and everyone working with you engaged in this time? Well, I think culture is super important. And I think if you don't have a culture of trust prior mm-hmm. to something like the pandemic, you can't get, I don't think you can get that during, during it. And so mm. we very much have a culture of trust. We hire really smart people and we try to leave them alone. We we're not afraid for people to make mistakes and you know, nobody feels like they're going to get fired. They always feel safe. Um, so we had a, a big culture of trust. So the performance of the company really was much better than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. while we were working from home. Um, but you, you do have to, um, and I think these are good things to take away when mm-hmm. we return back to normal. But, you know, one of the things that we did was um, at, I, I called a meeting, which I was doing Friday updates when we first went into lockdown. And we called a Friday meeting at noon. Mm-hmm. And I actually uh, had had pizza. In fact, Jen, who you, your team spoke to, was my assistant. We had pizza delivered, pizza and beer. Shame mm-hmm. on for beer, but we had to deliver to everybody's house. So nobody knew what we were doing it either. So the door, it was fun being on this big video conferencing call and you can hear doorbells ringing and people <laughs> kind of looking. I'm like, you should probably answer it. And then oh, you know, everybody's that. in on the game. So you can see people that didn't know what was going on that were just <laughs> tuning in. And uh, but we had pizza delivered. I'm like, today, you know, our, our chat is around, let's just chat. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Just have some pizza. And, you know, we, I found out we've got a guy that, you know, has an exotic pet and I met some kids, I met wives and we just had a really fun 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, there's no reason you can't do that anytime. Maybe not send pizza to everybody. <laughs> it's a pretty big task, but, um, but just that engagement to, to see each other and just not talk about work either. Let's just yeah. have like a, a video conferencing chat and happy hour or luncheon, if you will. So it's kind of cool. It worked out well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I think this is a time where we're beginning to humanize one another. You know, it's it's not like we're separating family from work as much anymore. I mean, obviously, it, it's important to do that and create healthy boundaries and stuff. But it is nice. I think that is that says a lot about you and how you run your company by just taking 30 minutes to hang out uh, with your team. And so I think that's, that's very admirable. Well, thank you. I, and that's a good point. I think it has made a lot more acceptance because now people are forced to work from home. Mm-hmm. It seems great in theory, but there is a lot of challenges. So I think, yeah. you know, if you weren't accustomed to it now to hear a baby screaming or the dog jumps up during the middle of a thing, right. you're to fight to keep your dog out. Now it's just kind of one of those things like, oh, you're working from home. What, what kind of dog do you have? You know, <laughs> instead of it being a distraction, now it's just kind of like, oh, what do you got going on over there? Yeah, yeah. So yeah I think absolutely. those are good things. Yeah, I think those are good things to come out of it. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I've definitely, there's been those meetings where um, someone on the call would just have their cat sitting on their lap. And I was like, oh, that's a cute cat. It's like, yeah, it's distracting, but not really. You know, it's like, yeah. it's nice to have that in, in the video and know that like we are more than just our jobs or our employment. And so I just think it's super creative that you um, set, you know, sent pizza <laughs> over to uh, your team's uh, places. I think that's very creative. And I think for, I think any CEO can take that as a piece of advice to, you know, continue nurturing the the company culture even if it's remotely yeah and it's, it's just important to to let everybody know because it's easy to do when you're when you're present mm-hmm. you know you can walk and have a chat about the weekend and ask somebody about their family but in a remote world it becomes very much about the task at hand yeah. um, because you're not around each other 24 7 so mm-hmm. I, I think there's lots of great leaders out there that um that do a great job during the day when, when you're, when you're present, but when you go remote, I think it's really important to take the time to find a way to let people know I'm thinking about you other than, are you getting your work done? And that was what that whole purpose of that call was, was just, this is a weird time. Let's just have pizza and a beer (laughs) for 30 minutes. Let's just chill. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's very, very common um, that a lot of people have gained what Every, what people are terming it as the COVID-19, you know, just relaxing and eating all the time. And it's like, Hey, I mean, yeah. no one's paying attention. Why this is head up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why the camera's head up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just, just shoulder up. It's fine. You know, um, Robert, tell me, you know, you have been in business for basically a decade now and what are, what are you most proud of um, with your business so far being nearly a decade in? It's it's really is seeing the people grow. I mean, this mm-hmm. was a, a silly idea that started out of, literally out of the backseat of a Toyota Camry. I, mean, <laughs> I got rid of everything, um, had very little cash, and and now you know I'm watching people buy their first home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm watching people invest into our 401k that we were only able to start a few years ago, still being a small company and growing. Mm-hmm. But to watch people grow um, and improve their lives and start families and 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 grow as in the business world is probably is probably the the biggest thrill I get the deals don't get me as excited anymore it's more about watching the people grow and, and mm. watching them develop um and inside of it and you know we don't have a uh, a culture of turnover and that's probably what I'm most proud of I mean probably I can count on one hand the people that have ever quit mm. um we've had to, to part ways with some people because we just they weren't up to the task of the job but um, we don't have turnover and our, our wow. clients see that as a stability and, and the culture that we've built. And I think that's what I'm, I'm really proud of that. And again, watching people grow and, and do things that uh, they never, never thought they'd be doing. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a, 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 the greatest success story for a business owner is to um, have is, is for your employees to feel like their work is second family or their second family. And so it sounds like you have been able to accomplish that. Yeah, we've got a culture. So we've got a culture of trust. I mean, <clears throat> our vision, mission, and values, and how we demonstrate values is in our handbook. It's it's painted on the wall to see. Like, don't call in sick because your kid has a play. Go to the play. Mm. You know, take pictures, share them on social media, share them <laughs> with us, and then come back to work. And I've got a lot of friends who are like, man, my people would never come back. I'm like, no, mm. it's, it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. They'll come back faster. They'll work longer. They don't ask for you know for any special treatment. And nobody has to lie. So mm. it's just a better work environment. Yeah, I mean, you get more out of people that way because at the end of the day, it is it is it's still going to be there. The the, the company's still going to be there. The work's still going to be there, um, but your the kid your kids play is not going to be there. Or maybe the big track meet or a, a basketball finals game. So don't miss that. We want we want you to be a part of it. 
Yeah. No, that's incredible, Robert. I think the company culture that you have really is a reflection of you and your values. Um, and, the, you know, just really knowing that the people you work with uh, are more than just them showing up for work. They are humans too. They have lives. They they do this because they have families, you know, to be to provide for. So, Robert, wow, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I feel like I can talk longer, but all good things eventually have to come to an end. So one more thing I wanted to ask you is before, uh, yeah, before we go, what is one final piece of advice that you want to share with current uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur? No plan Bs. You know, I I hear the side thing or whatever else. I didn't have a plan B. I had Mm. to make this work. Mm -hmm. And um, I look back and there's probably some things I maybe wouldn't have taken on that I did now. But I think that was all part of it. What developed the company is, you know, there's only one option and you just got to go for it. I mean, uh, we have failed Mm. more times than I can care to count. And we've been in business almost a decade. I think it's probably three years ago where people were like, man, you guys came out of nowhere. Well, we were we were struggling for five or six years trying to figure it out. So yeah. it's uh, you know the grind is uh, is all part of it, and it's actually in some instances the funnest times I've actually had in the business is when it was really hard. Mm. You have to figure it out. I love that, Robert. Thank you so much for joining joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Robert Hessel. He is the CEO of Source One Solution. If you want to learn more about him and his company, you can visit sourceonesolutions.com. That's source number one solutions.com. All right. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're gonna promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.